Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Today, we have a very special guest by the name of J.J. McGeegan, who's a world-class musician. He was born in Wichita, Kansas. He played sports through college, like basketball. But you know, he was diagnosed with OCD and depression and even had symptoms of schizophrenia at the age of 16. But that hasn't stopped him. He still has done what he'd love to do. And he started playing guitars at the age of 20 and writing songs. He's been doing that ever since. JJ, greetings. Nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Where do you live now? I still live in Wichita, Kansas. Um, Fantastic. Tell me about, let's go back down those roads to the past. Let's go down to when you were a teenager and getting all this shit happened to you. Right. Uh, tell me a little bit about it. And tell me a little bit about your experience. Um, well, it, it basically happened um, at the age of 16, going into my junior year of high school. Um, I was always a shy kid, a little bit on the depressive side, but still had life in me, still was, you know, playing sports. And I, I actually started music at 14 playing drums, but I don't do that anymore. So that was just kind of a fun thing that I did. But, uh, um, and so I, I just kind of going about life and everything was fine. And then, um, at the age of 16, um, it kind of hit the wall <laughs> because I had an encounter with, a um, a teacher, at, at my school that I sought refuge in because I was going through a lot of changes and stuff emotionally and a lot of growing up kind of stuff was happening. And I just sought some advice and I ended up getting really horrible advice. And that spawned my first panic attack. I didn't know what it was at the time. And, um, panic attacks are absolutely awful. Yeah. If, our, if our listeners don't know what we're talking about, let's let's clue them in. Tell us what what the panic attack was to you. It was fear beyond what I thought fear could be. It was um, flooded by irrational thoughts, and the emotions is just like you're frozen in time. Um, you're not. It, it takes you out of the present moment and in, in, uh, in a way that nothing else can. You know, the one time I had a panic attack, I was hyperventilating. I had chest pain. I was sweating profusely. It was right. awful. It's like a heart attack. It's like a heart attack. It's like you're going to die. Mm-hmm. I very much thought I, I thought I was at times. And those continued to a severe extent for several years. And um, that then caused a um, dissociation, um, like a depersonalization, um, which meant that like everything wasn't real. Um, everything wasn't, um, it was like I was in a dreamlike state. 
because my my body just went numb, and um, I just kind of it, it feels like you're losing touch with reality all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you have more panic attacks than just one? Oh yeah, I had plenty. I had um, see for until I was about nineteen, several big ones a week, you know. And I got put on medication right away, and it took a while to fit, finally sort that out. And I, I finally sorted that out, and I finally learned how to meditate. And yeah. that, that's when it turned around for me. And, and how did you learn how to manage that? Because these things come on out of the blue. They're often, you don't know what causes them. Mm-hmm. How did you learn to manage that? Um, you know, with my therapist, um, we just kind of learned, we did some cognitive behavioral therapy as well as just um, him, me talking, him listening and just, you know, relating to me and, and trying to get me to think clear, you know, not think so catastrophically or black. Yeah. And, and um, it, it took, you know, it, it being coming from nowhere, it took a while to get to used to and adjust and everything. And um, it was one of those things where it, there had to become a new normal. I knew things weren't going to go back the way they were. Um, so I had to come to terms with the fact that I'd be dealing with this the rest of my life on certain levels with certain intensity coming and going. And um, once I was able to do that and uh, you know, get a hold of that, I resumed. See, I had quit basketball my junior year of uh, high school, but I resumed in college. Yeah. The coach at the college was my coach in high school, and he moved on to, on to college. And um, I, I started off just being the equipment manager and then got a spot as a walk-on and then a spot as a scholarship player the next two years. And that gave me a di- sense of direction during that time as well as music. Cool. And, then, um, and I learned how to meditate, oddly enough, in an acting class. There was a, you know, it, it, I wasn't trying to be an actor, but you have to take certain classes for three requirements. And I thought acting would be fun. And so um, one of the ways that you get into character, what the teacher was uh, explaining was you do a meditative process of clearing your mind and body. And man, did that help me just tremendously. And um, Let, I, let's change gears for a minute, yeah, JJ. Tell me about your bout of depression. Tell me a little bit about that. Because depression is one of the worst things. It's like yeah. dark days. You can't eat. You can't yeah. sleep. It, it's an awful thing. Tell me about your depression. It was um, categorized by just basically just hopelessness and helplessness. Uh, you know, I, it felt like I lost faith in myself and God and life and the whole shebang, just everything. Yeah, when I had, when I was depressed, I'd lay in bed staring at the ceiling, mm-hmm. not wanting to do anything. Yeah. Nothing mattered. Yeah. The world yeah. was black. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. It was mad, uh, madness. You feel like you're insane. Is that you just feel like you're out of touch with everything. And so what's the point of doing anything? Yeah. I would just, I'd have, I'd have days where I just lie in bed. I'd have days where I just, you know, um, 
slowly mope around the house. And it, it took a lot of effort just to graduate um, high school. Um, on my par- my parents were very supportive and understanding of it, which was a huge reason why, you know, I was able to overcome it. And was there anything that caused your depression? You know, I think it was a slow buildup of just that old mentality, you know, in the 90s with guys and sports. You don't talk about feelings. You stuff everything down. Yeah. And there was no situation specifically, but I just, it built and built and built. And then when I had the situation with the teacher that um, spawned the panic attack, the depression got worse as well. It felt like I went from panic to being depressed. You know, and that those are my two states of being. And, um, you know, I always felt school, I was never good at. I got along with people and I got along with teachers. I was, you know, never a troublemaker or anything, but I was just, I just couldn't achieve the grades I wanted to achieve. I was mostly a C and some B student. And um, I put a lot of pressure on myself to try and do better because all my friends were straight A students and that was part of it. And so I got real depressed thinking I'll never make it in the world. You know, I'll never, there's not a job out there that I can really do. If it's like school, I can't do it. And that going into my junior year really took a hold of me. And that's part of what I sought out the advice for the teacher from was just how to, and all I really needed and was thinking I was going to get was just kind of a pep talk. For some reason, I just did it though. I just, I, I, I confided in him everything. And, uh, you know, he, he told me, um, didn't give me a pep talk, but just laid a lot of guilt on me. And, uh, that was one of those things that, uh, JJ, I'm so sorry for that. You know, that's yeah. not what you needed. That's not what you wanted, but you know, I think moving forward, as you probably did, mm-hmm. you probably found a way to forgive that teacher along the way, yeah. you know, because he laid crap on you, mm-hmm. but you, you literally are in a different space now. And, totally. and, and I think you found a way to forgive him. Have you? I have. Um, I see where he was coming from was just ignorance. He didn't know the, he didn't know the brevity of what he was, the impact he had. And uh, and uh, it's an, uh, kind of an Eckhart Tolle quote, people only act at the level of their consciousness at that place and time. And that's all he was doing. So once I could finally see that, I finally saw that um, I knew he was talking to me, but I finally learned not to take it personal. It was kind yeah, of- Yeah, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. And you know, uh, you can't raise above what you don't know. And, right. and that unfortunately is a situation for many people. If you don't know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And probably in, in his ignorance, he probably was reacting from something that from him from the past, you know, right. and, and maybe he was hurt some way along the past and, right. and you know, that he hadn't healed his own hurts in the way. Yeah. And maybe that's what he was. That's where the, 
his response came from was him talking to himself in a, in a sense, you know, not talking to me, but him dealing with exactly what you said with, with uh, situations that happened with his life. And, um, but, but you know, to be honest, JJ, despite that happened to you, you're a better person now because of that. Yeah. You, you have learned so much, so mm -hmm. much now that all that crap happened to you. And one of the things I really believe in is it really not what happens, it's not what happens to you. It's really what you do with what happens. Right. And, and you're proof positive that that's the case. I mean, you're uh, a leading musician now. You've come the full tilt and you've really turned it around. now. You're not working a job, but what you're doing is even more important. You're making people happy through your music and doing stuff that you really enjoy doing and yeah. fulfilling your passions. I think uh, had I not had that not happened to me, I wouldn't be doing what I love to do. It's kind yeah. of, I think you're spot on and thank you for that. It's truly is a thing of good can come from anything. Yeah, and, and it's true. And I think everybody would, would say that, you know, Oprah talks about her life and how she was... Leslie, Gary, or six others. How she, how she was abused as a child and how badly she was uh, just uh, totally awful childhood experience. She was raped. She had other things going on. And yet she became the wonderful person we know as Oprah now. So... Again, that experience didn't define her. Rather, she rose above it. Totally, it's uh, she's uh, she's an inspiration to me. Um, anyone that can rise above something that horrific is is uh, a reason to believe you can too. And uh, I think that's that's kind of what I try and leave with people and. And when I through music or when I talk to people, it's just kind of your current situation isn't forever. And um, if you just keep taking it a day at a time and, and, and have love for yourself along the way, you'll find a way and, and type of deal. I, I think that's true. And, you know, love is a very important thing. Without love, we don't have anything else. But love itself starts with love for yourself and really has to culminate that way. How did you think that you develop your ability to love yourself? I think it it's an ongoing process that I try and do that uh, starts with taking a step back and, and, and uh, it can either come through meditation or prayer to where I, I can, in a way, send love to myself. And it can either come through just realizing that you're more than what you do. Um, you're more than this physical form. The essence of you is, 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 is love. And, and it's just a matter of tapping into that. Yeah, that's exactly right, my friend. It is actually love is all around us, right. but unfortunately, so is hate all around us. And you know, one of the few things we we love that's unique about love, you get more of it. 
you the more you get the more you give the more you give the more you get and it, it grows it grows exponentially it really is something that's amazing if you love yourself and you give it to others freely it's something that really starts going around and around and around it does it uh it seems to you know it's one of those things that attracts itself to itself yes one of the things i believe in is it's it's really all that exists it's you know there's just different shades of it you know there's there's a a darker side to the light but it's all the light type of deal and with that it's this kind of like uh judgment doesn't take place for me so much because you know uh, people are at where they're at and and uh i'm at where i'm at and i know i got a long ways to go we all do it's a never-ending journey of growth but uh it's just kind of like acceptance is a key to to uncovering who you are type of deal yeah, exactly, my friend, exactly. And, 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 you know, I think many things are never completed. Never things are, we're in the process of completing them. I think in our lives, we always should build. And I, I always encourage my listeners to do something for their neighbor today that they wouldn't regularly do. Do something small, baby steps. Do something to make the world a better place. That's the only way we're going to have a better world than we have now. Yeah, I mean, it's we're all connected and it's just about our doing something for each other and ourselves. And if we can start by loving ourselves and then it just goes, goes out to our neighbor and, and, uh, yeah, the world's a better place with love than with hate. Yeah. So certainly choose love over hate. Totally. That's, and it can be hard sometimes, but it's totally worth it every time. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it you know, Many of the, the most important things we do in our life are very difficult. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the thing about love is you have to be vulnerable or allow yourself to be vulnerable to express it because you'll never get into a love situation unless yours are vulnerable. That's very true. That that really is. Um, I mean, because there's a lot of hurt, it, that's what makes it hard. It is. It is. We're very afraid to get that way because of the hurt we've received. Right. And that's uh, it's very true, and it's it's something that you know I have to work on continually, and uh, is is allowing myself to be open and vulnerable, and not close myself off. And you know, I think that's. It's one of the hardest things we can do in life, but it's the most rewarding as well. Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very, very difficult to get to where we are now. JJ, I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. How do you have a fantastic life? I think it starts for me with um, getting in tune with who I am spiritually, which is just kind of what we were talking about earlier. You're more than your what you do what people say about you, this body, you know, your, your, your essence, you're good. And it's just getting in tune with that and then letting that kind of lead me and uh, being good to people is, is, is kind of comes number one as far as, as far as that goes, being 
you know, as good as I can to people and, and, um, cause that's all that really life is, you know, we, we, you can get all the medals and stuff and, and awards you want. And those are fine by themselves. You, but I think you, you have more appreciation for them when you're more in tune with yourself and, 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 and other people and you're not seeing, you know, the outside world or objects as the end all be all. They're just nice things, but um, you know the real thing is is, is people and, and yourself. Well, JJ, we're almost at our end here. Uh, you know, I really have to thank you for being on our show. Well, and if people you. would like to get in touch with you or get some of your music, how can they do so? Um, my website is jjmcguiganmusic.com. It's jjmcguiganmusic.com. G-A-N music.com and you can uh, there's about seven or eight songs on there now that you can get and download and you can leave me a message uh, if you wanted to connect with um, me that way um, Facebook just JJ McGuigan um, just like it's spelled um, and uh, if you want to talk about mental health or music or anything, just just hit me up and, and we'll chat and everything. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's basically it, so. Thank you, JJ. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I give you JJ McGee, an amazing person, an amazing individual, and an amazing musician. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you for being here, sir. Me too, me too. Have a fantastic day. You too. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Did you know that you can get a free copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life? Yep. Just visit 13gpnow.ca and we'll send it right to you. That's the number 13gpnow.ca. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. We'll see you next week. Have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic day.